Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. If you've been listening, you understand and believe God is working every single day because if they didn't, everything loses its cohesion and life and the things you treasure and value disintegrates and so do you. If you listen to the Godcast, Who Do You Work For? You heard God always works through their disciples yesterday, today, and forever. As a disciple of Jesus, you must work out your salvation in obedience to God's commands. And the disciple work you do is carried out with a Great Commission mission mindset out of your love for God. How are you discipling yourself? God testifies to the type and manner of work his disciples must do in their everyday life. Do you know what that work is that you must carry out? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life. What kind of work do you do? Now first I'd like to tell you and then ask for your forgiveness because you may hear some a little bit of wheezing and so forth. I'm still recovering from the COVID. Shh. Oh wait, that's HIPAA. Hey, I But I wanted to start off the Godcast uh, with a question. How can you work in someone else's life if you fail to complete the needed, necessary, and required work of discipleship in your own life? If you're going to serve as a disciple, and that's working out your salvation, in someone else's life and provide them with God's biblical truths in and by the Word of God, which you testify will help them understand and cherish this new life God promises to give, and you do not live out those same biblical truths in and through God's word in your life, wouldn't that be hypocritical because you're actually living with a do-what-I-say-but-not-as-I-do attitude? How does any hypocritical living be pleasing to God if you're his disciple? since you as his disciple are to be the visual representation for the world to see as their workmanship and artistry. Remember Ephesians 2.10? You know, God sanctifies you and takes you out of this world, and then you are to be an ambassador for God. Listen to what God said to his disciple Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I would be remiss not to testify to this truth of God. In order for any disciple to be an ambassador on behalf of Jesus, you yourself must be reconciled to God. In order to be reconciled to God, you must accept the truth of your own sinfulness of any kind or any degree. That sin is hostility, animosity, and is in opposition to God. And although your own act of repentance, you must ask for God's forgiveness for your sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. When God the Father gives forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus, you are rescued from your Egypt, which is your spiritual blindness and death, and the control of your sinful flesh over you, now loses its power. God the Father makes you alive, and you become a child of the only true God, a new creature, as Jesus says, which you once lived in opposition to him, and by nature, a child of wrath. Remember Colossians 1.13 and Colossians 
and Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, and Ephesians 2, 3, and Galatians 5, 17? Now I know there are many who do not want to accept this fact, but it's true because God said it was. It's very difficult in the flesh to look at and be critical of yourself as you really should. I know I'm speaking from experience, but you must accept the fact that at the fall, it infected everyone. Every human being born from the seed of Adam needs a savior. Everyone. And as soon as you understand that fact, you will begin to treasure God's salvation and sanctification work in your life, and you will desire to work out your salvation with more purpose, commitment, and obedience. When you read, study, and meditate on God's living word, you learn more truth about God, yes, without question. But you also learn about yourself, my fellow disciples. The confirmation your sinful nature exists, and you will be certain God will reveal more about you than anybody would be willing to tell you. Because as soon as they point out sin in your life, God requires them to look at themselves. The simple truth, if you're proclaiming to be a disciple of Jesus, then you must learn all about Jesus and be purposeful to model his life only. Because this truth is the truth. You can count on that. Listen to what God the Father said through his disciple Matthew in Matthew 3.17. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And through his disciple Mark in Mark 9.7. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. So the pure milk of the word. God the Father is well pleased in Jesus. And God the Father knows what you can become as a new creature. Yes, you become a child of the only true God, a saint, and one of Jesus' disciples. So if God the Father is well pleased in Jesus, then be like Jesus and God the Father will be well pleased in you. When you listen to Jesus, then you will do work what, as Jesus says, as simple as that. Now, please understand, God the Father says, listen to Jesus, which must confirm he speaks. And Jesus himself confirms he speaks. And here is what he says. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, as I quote John 10, 27. So the plain old truth, if Jesus was only speaking to those people back there, he would have had them pen my sheep heard my voice, and they followed me. But he doesn't. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. That is the present tense, my fellow disciples. Is it not? Because when God the Father says, listen to him, he desires for you as their disciples to attend to and pay attention to exactly what Jesus is saying. Because Jesus knows versus knew what was pleasing to the Father because he lives it and is the living word of God. Amen? Listening goes well beyond just hearing. Now, you tell me if this is true. And have you ever heard this yourself? Do you hear what I said? 
That could come from your parents, spouses, teachers, fellow disciples, anyone that's talking to get your attention. It doesn't matter who it is. The point is this. Did you hear what I said? And you know what always follows that? Are you listening? Well, God is no different. He just left out the part, did you hear? And said quite clearly, listen to him. And by the way, that's a command. That's your Matthew 4, 4 and John 14, 15 coming alive in you. To listen goes well beyond considering, contemplating, and mulling over. No, it's doing what God commanded. And you can believe no action results in no evidence of your working out your salvation. So the plain old truth, you'll find yourself doing nothing and another today with no disciple making passes you by. But rest assured, inscriptions are being logged in the books. You can count on that. Listen to this in Revelation 20:12. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books according to their deeds. Now, is that a truth or a lie? NGA. But that does raise another question, though. If you're not reading nor listening to Jesus' words, and the way you live is not pleasing to the Father, then are you a disciple of Jesus? I'm, I'm just asking. Now, God has established that Jesus is the most phenomenal disciple maker ever. And he's the only one with a capital O that, that excuse me, excuse me, that actually practiced what he preached. Read all through the Bible and you will never see an inconsistency where Jesus was hypocritical in his own life. Now, if you whisper to yourself, well, I ain't no Jesus, you're absolutely right. And that's why you need your, to renew your mind. Because that's the evidence of the old self still influencing the mind of the new self. God desires fruitfulness in the lives of their disciples. And that's what God is really talking about. It's in the believing that their spirit and their work is readily available to you so their work will be carried out in and through your work as their workmanship. Amen? It's the evidence of God's work being carried out in and through your life and in and through the lives of others. So, if you're going to disciple someone and indicate that God's word is so rich, so filling, so powerful, and so transforming... And yet I don't read it myself. How would that be if you're saying you're a disciple? And as Jesus' disciple, you are and will learn from him forever. You'll be taught by God the Holy Spirit, and yet your heart and mind should not be deficient of their words. But his words are filling your heart and soaking your mind. Where would that leave you if you were reading God's word but not putting them into practice of God's principles, God's truths, God's ways, and believing and having faith in God's promises that God has made to his disciples that result from a renewed mind? So, 
Why is a renewed mind necessary for you to not only think, act, and live differently, but also disciple those that God the Holy Spirit leads you to or them to you? Now, you've been listening to Diving Deep with DL enough to know the flesh place we're going is God's word. Amen? Listen to this. It's Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. The pure milk of the word, the world conforms one's mind to its ways, all of them. And it's through the world's philosophies, strategies, and systems which causes you to accept, adapt, and follow the things and practice of the world, all of it, and all of it is opposed to God, his ways, his will, his truths, his commands. You can believe that. And as the world conforms you, it compresses you like a piece of Play-Doh into the shape of itself. And it begins well before you actually realize it, and your sin nature works in submission to it. Now you should expect that question. Look around you. What do you see? The simple truth. As a disciple of Jesus, the only way you will realize your mind has been conformed to the world's way is to read what God has defined as what is wisdom, truth, good, pure, peaceable, full of mercy, good fruit, unwavering, and without hypocrisy, as I paraphrase James 3.17. Consider this. There's an old home with outdated wiring. Yes, power could still be sent through the dilapidated wires. But for how long? Because the truth, one runs a risk of overload and consequently of fire. Yes, as a disciple, you must rewire your entire structure, which represents the rewiring of your mind. Because the power that will be traveling through those new lines, the old lines could never handle. How could an electrician in their code of ethics have new wires connected to old wires expecting them to handle the amperage? That's your modern vernacular of God's word is so mind-blowing that circuits are popping everywhere. <laughs> you, you would minimize mental conflicts within your own mind if you would realize and accept that you've been believing things that just were not true. God's mind-transforming process is carried out by the work of God, the Holy Spirit's teaching, coupled with God's living and active word. Before your mind was renewed, you didn't even know that God, the Holy Spirit, was God. He exists and is working every day. Did you? And a simple truth? Because God says it is, God the whole, excuse me, God of this world is blinding the minds to exclude the only true God from your view, attention, and life. That's why you see all these theories on creation and evolution to misinform and deceive many about the truth of God's creation. And there are many that continue to be blinded to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God and the creator of all things, and in him all things hold together. Now you can believe what God says or not. NGA. Now, you may not be someone who, as a child, lived out the sin that so easily entangled others, and my hat is off to you. But, 
you, my fellow disciples, should be very thankful to God for him keeping you from the damage to relationships, disappointment, hurt, pain, and self-destruction. And our Egypt may have been right downtown, and you in the suburbs. But I will testify, in Egypt, nonetheless. To work out your salvation in your mind is like ironing out the wrinkles that you have been deceived to believe is permanent. God the Holy Spirit enables you to see what a life can be without wrinkles. The first step to a renewed mind is accepting that you yourself have created those wrinkles. And by the work and power of God the Holy Spirit, you can begin to compress those lies and deceptions with the heat of God's word. Remember what God said through his disciple Paul to the disciples in Colossae in Colossians 3.9. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self and its evil practices. And to the disciples in Ephesus in Ephesians 2.1-3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Regardless of anything you may believe, if you want to believe, regardless of the path, method, or means that you came to know it, or in latched on to it, and regardless of who it was that were in your life that told you, if any of it, any of it, is adverse to the truth of God's word, it needs to be wiped out, stamped out, and deleted from the annals of your mind. Because keeping them, any of them, will create an internal conflict within your mind, which is fuel for the devil and your flesh against a spirit, which is where your eternal future resides. Because the NGA that applies here, it's either God's word and truths or the lies of the devil. So the plain old truth, stockpiling lies in the active sectors of your mind, will be the same as trying to connect those new wires to the dilapidated ones and expect God's power to energize all aspects of your life as a disciple of Jesus. Now, how would you know what's truth and what's a lie if you use something other than the absolute authority on truth, which is God's word? That's why working out your salvation with yourself first is crucial as a disciple of Jesus. Jesus knows how crafty the devil is and how sinful your flesh is as well. You must make a purposeful effort to be a student of God's living and active word. And the more you constantly read, study, and meditate on God's living and active word, it causes the revision and remolding of your thinking and is the catalyst to you experiencing these true life-altering changes promised by God. My fellow disciples, all the corrupted data that has bombarded your mind for years will be erased in a few days. <laughs> no, no, sorry. How I wish that could have been true. It takes work. 
But I did accept that not only was I deceived, I also deceived myself to believe what I wanted to be true. This is the consequence of my own spiritual darkness, my own sinful nature, and my deceitful and desperately sick heart. It was just plain old pure foolishness. Have confidence though. You can live this life-changing work by God. However, you must be willing to change. That's repentance. And make the necessary adjustments in your life that will accommodate the time needed to be able to focus on what God is saying to you. It also requires you to seriously look at your schedules, hobbies, activities, and pastimes and decide if your living now is more significant to what you will be eternally living later. And you can rest assured, it will sometimes be a grueling practice, but you must stay disciplined because now you can expect every type of distraction to possess a different intention to keep you looking like a piece of Play-Doh. Because you must evaluate and compare your established beliefs, principles, theories, creeds, viewpoints, standards, moralities, habits, and ideas you've lived out in your life. And now you compare yourself of those beliefs, principles, theories, creeds, viewpoints, standards, moralities, habits, and ideas to what God says and his commands. You want to know the simple truth? God will not bring anyone into your path in his harvest that needs to be discipled if your mind is still conformed to this world and cluttered with the world view and its gibberish is coming out of your mouth. You can believe that. So, may I ask? You discipling anyone? When God the Holy Spirit brings teaching you the truths of God, you'll be surprised about how much you'll learn about God and even more about yourself. For example, God reproves by identifying the hidden and disguised sinful behavior in your thoughts, words, and deeds. A person who did not know they were unruly, you know, headstrong, stubborn, and obstinate, that is until they learned to live an orderly life. How would one know they were disobedient to God and his commands until they learned of God's commands and what obedience to God really is and looks like? How would one know they were rebellious toward God until they learned submission to God? How would you know you were lost until you were found? How would you ever know that you were believing and living lies until the truth was made known to you and you began living the truth. This new life of discipleship God promises is available to every person that walks on this planet because those who tread on the surface of this planet are in God's harvest. 
There are many who are broken emotionally, dead spiritually, running with no end in sight or spiritually poor, and God desires for you, my fellow disciple, to be the disciple that raises your hand as God testifies about Isaiah in Isaiah 6.8. Here am I, send me. Can you see how your being to work out your salvation in the area of God's harvest that God has placed you in? So as a disciple of Jesus, why do you testify that someone needs Jesus? And I want you to know, my fellow disciples, I meditated on this question continuously for several days. Now, I know the obvious answer that I hear many say, which is, well, Jesus died for your sins. Yes, I know, but why? I mean, come on, is that not a good question to ask? Okay, why? Yes, I know the fall of man. Yes, I know I must be held accountable to God for my sin and I cannot pay the penalty and I deserve to be eternally separated from God forever. Yes, I know that as well. But I can still ask you, why do you think and testify, I need Jesus? And I love how God allows me to cogitate for periods of time on his truth. Because when I do, I mean it is full in my head. And I tell you the truth, I've yet to find anything that brings more enrichment and fulfillment than when I'm dwelling on God and his word. Believe that. And the amazing thing when God the Holy Spirit brings the enlightenment through the illumination of my mind through his truth, it sets me on fire because it's only God's word coming alive in my renewed mind. So, this is what Jesus said through his disciple John in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. And the answer to the question, why do you think and testify, I need Jesus, unfolded like this. The first place God brought me to was what he scribed in the book of John, in John 16, 5 through 8. Listen to this. But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So the pure milk of the word, it's to your advantage. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. To your, my advantage. Oh, I'm sure you will say, here he goes again. God's word only applies to those people back there. No, God is saying your advantage. You know, the same as your salvation. The pure milk of the word, God the Holy Spirit, is for my benefit, your benefit. 
my improvement, your improvement, my gain, your gain, my assistance, your assistance. And if Jesus stays, then I'll ask you this. If Jesus stays, then close your eyes and tell me what you see. Go ahead, close them. We as disciples of Jesus need the helper. That's why we need Jesus. Because without Jesus, there's no helper. No helper, you're alone. Alone, no seal. No seal, no guide in all truth. Instead of disclosed to you by God, it's hidden. What will come to you from Jesus without the occupation of the Holy Spirit? Again, I'll ask you. Close your eyes. Tell me what you see. The truth? Nothing. So, what should it mean when you do have God the Holy Spirit, the helper, helping you? Well, I will testify the things of the world, the lies, the deceit, the trickery are in full view. And I now can make a decision as to what truth is versus making up what truth is and believing it, deceiving myself terribly. And the biggest deception is that I have the power in my lines, but the plain old truth, there ain't one stitch of power in it at all. And my house is darker than a foggy night with no moon in sight that some call pitch black. Yes, God the Holy Spirit is the power. He's the enabler, the empower, the source. You remember the last God cast, Who Do You Work For? When you heard this about God the Holy Spirit? He seals helps, guards, counsels, grants salvation, guides, intercedes, regenerates, baptizes, convicts, provides power, reveals, indwells, advocates, sanctifies, comforts, witnesses, inspires, testifies, gives gifts, and teaches. God the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. And you must know and understand, if you try to live your life with your own ways, own ideas, beliefs, and power, you will continue to struggle because you'll be living by your own flesh, by the influence of the things of the world versus in and by God the Holy Spirit. Consider this. A person is abused. They carry the mental images, hurt, pain, humiliation, bitterness, anger, and hatred, to name a few, within themselves. They're convinced themselves the only remedy is revenge. Do you know anyone like this? How would you disciple them? Could you disciple them? If you lived in the flesh? No. Not without the help of God the Holy Spirit. The more thoughts revolve around their mind, the more those flood their mind. They try to escape, but the mind is an amazing thing created by God. It will hold on to thoughts you truly would love to forget. Am I testifying to the truth? And in your own power, you won't. Now, if the person tries to bury those traumatic experiences versus possessing the true remedy, then only options are things like self-medication, and they become a dangerous option. And drugs, whether illegal or legal, or alcohol, or consuming both for that matter, only masks the thoughts and the pain, and at times escalates them. 
but they're deceiving themselves, and although they're hurting from the sin committed against them, they're sinning against themselves and others, and a vicious downward spiral continues, and everyone suffers. Is there a way out? Well, in the flesh, no, there is not. And maybe that will explain why so many are caught in that snare. And in their rearview mirror, everyone sees the evidence of the turmoil that rests within themselves. The only remedy is a renewed mind that comes in and by God. Yes, it will not matter what the sin is, believe me. You have yours and I have mine. They may be different in type and extremity, yes. But my fellow disciples, it's sin nonetheless. And all of it is opposed to God. Yes, that's why we need Jesus, because we ourselves need forgiveness from God for our own sinfulness. And the damage and destruction sin causes in your life and the lives of others without God's forgiveness, sin creates an unbearable weight to carry, not to mention the guilt. Because the plain old truth, you'll never be able to forgive yourself or anyone else living in your flesh. Forgiveness can only be carried out in and by the help, work, and power of God the Holy Spirit. Because God empowers you and brings enlightenment as to what sin is in God's view of it. Because in your own flesh, apologies don't penetrate past the surface where forgiveness pierces the heart. Reading, studying, and meditating on God's Word is the stimulus needed to begin the new rewiring process. And memorizing God's Word provides you with God's truth and promises that you as His disciple can and must claim because they will only be the only truth you can and will be able to hold on to. So when those thoughts of, and you fill in the blank, comes rushing into your mind as a result of a song, title, words, a look, or comment, You'll have God, the Holy Spirit, activate these biblical truths that Jesus promised he will carry out in your mind. And that's what God said to his disciple John in John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. So do tell you read the Bible then that's what Jesus said to you, along with other things he may say to you personally. You must believe that truth. So when the song, title, words, a look, or comment happens, and your mind wants to go there, let me tell you what Jesus said to me. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Now in obedience to Jesus' command, because he didn't say consider or think about it, he said dwell. That's a command. So I dwell on how he loves me, how he freed me from the bondage of my own sin, how he forgave me. And I, through my love for him, forgive them and move on to new thoughts I must. Shall we turn the page? This is working out your salvation with God the Holy Spirit's occupation. And his occupation is presence and work. And with God's work, you understand the significance of sin. 
and the sin that's committed against a holy God by you. The sin committed against your body and the sin committed against you. Through the truth of God's word, you learn that God's forgiveness and anyone's forgiveness for that matter is one of the greatest expressions of love. Do you say you love? Well, you say you love God and God loves you. Then demonstrate your love for God and forgive them. But one surefire point in love is forgiving yourself. Because as you continue to read, study, and meditate on God's living and active word, you learn of Jesus' example of forgiveness that came at the cost of his shed blood. The plain old truth, Jesus was beaten horrifically and his blood was spilled all over the ground that served as an altar, then led to the cross. Listen to what Jesus said, and God had only one disciple scribe it. It's written through God's disciple Luke in Luke 23:34. He said, Father, forgive them. Why? Why would Jesus ask the Father to forgive them? Why not curse them? My goodness, they crucified him, right? Wouldn't that be the I'm only human way to respond? No, it is not. Why? Why wouldn't that be the right way to respond in a human way? Because I'm only human. Because John 3.16 is God the Father's great commission mission statement for the redemption of humanity so i will ask you do you think god the father forgave those men that day i am certain because god the father's love for jesus i would say yes he did because he loved jesus and jesus loved the father and if god the father can forgive those that crucified jesus he can and will forgive you. And when God forgives you of your sin, then in and by the power of God the Holy Spirit, you forgive those that have sinned against you, regardless of the sin committed against you, since God has no stipulation on your sin type and extremity. Amen? Of course, that is, if you are a disciple of Jesus, living and learning his commands and god the holy spirit is your helper counselor comforter inspirer and teacher and to forgive those that have sinned against you is a command by jesus there's no ifs ands or buts in that do you believe what jesus has done and says you heard the father's command this is my beloved son listen to him now that you're listening Take some time and read Matthew 6.15 and you decide if Jesus is telling the truth and the eternal consequence for you if you fail to forgive. Question. Jesus is fully God and fully human. Do you believe this truth of God? And if fully human, this was the only way God could experience death. Jesus, in his human nature, had God the Holy Spirit working in and through him. And because they are one, with a capital O, 
That's why he knows what the work and power of the Spirit is and that he can and will carry out in and through his disciples. That's why God the Holy Spirit is here, for goodness sake. Are you led, filled, walk, live, and sent by God the Holy Spirit? And I hope after today, you throw away that excuse, I'm only human. Because it would reveal sheer stubbornness to think that that excuse, I'm only human, will be acceptable to God for your sinful behavior. Jesus knows quite well what the human nature is capable of, and being God knows the depth and depravity of one's own sinful nature. Please understand, the excuse of I'm only human will have no influence on Jesus at the judgment seat. You can count on that, because he will say right back to you, so was I. Work out your salvation will carry on into the next Godcast as we dive into more on work out your salvation. Make sure your tanks are full. Amen. As we head back up, take this with you. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, Jesus' commands his disciples to go and make disciples. If you say you follow Jesus, you can and yet not love him. Jesus confirms how his disciples are to display your love for him, and that's by obeying his words. Remember, commandments and commands are equivalent. Both are instructions, directives, and orders. They're not ideas, suggestions, or recommendations. You must be a disciple first and foremost if you're going to go and make disciples. Remember, a few Godcasts ago, if you want to learn all about Jesus, Get a red-letter Bible and just study the red. You must be purposeful in reading, studying, and meditating on God's Word. Write God's Word on a tablet of your heart, and it will fill your mind. God the Holy Spirit is your helper, counselor, comforter, inspirer, and teacher, just to name a few. Why do you need Jesus? Because without Him, no helper. And no helper, no disciple work. Are you purposeful in making yourself a worthy disciple to be used by God to work in his harvest? <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, the truth you brought forth in this Godcast today is truly amazing. You make it perfectly clear. God, the Holy Spirit, is the supplier to every disciple's life and work from the beginning in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost in the lives of disciples that were made that day and every day thereafter in my life, in the lives of those who are in my life, in the lives you're sparing around the world. God the Holy Spirit, you have the power all disciples need to be adequate and equipped for the labor God the Father desires in his harvest. God the Holy Spirit, I pray and ask that you bring forth your power on those disciples that are trying in their own power to live this life of discipleship you call us to versus being led, filled, walk, and live and sent by you and depend on your power as the source for the work you have ordained for them to carry out. God, demonstrate your faithfulness every day in your work and every disciple you help, seal, guard, and counsel. Guide them, regenerate them, convict them, inspire them, 
and teach them the truths of the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You know there are disciples allowing their flesh to control and influence their decisions and actions. Energize them to break free of the persuasion of the sin of their flesh and commit them to look to you and only you for the counsel and understanding with the strength to withstand its enticement. God, thank you for your work in and through my life. Abba, thank you for listening. Holy Spirit, thank you for your gift. Jesus, thank you for your going so the helper would come. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.